Well, I guess, um, Eloise and Phil, it would be great to start with your understanding of what actually, tell us a little bit about <coughs> the whole social media world and maybe some statistics on how it's being used in the community and, um, and what's the best way for the church to engage. Would you like to tell everybody who you are and why you're, you've been invited to do this? Okay, so um, I work in the communications and marketing team in the Synod office and my main role is to look after the social media marketing there. But I also do a bit of email and website stuff as well. Um, I was just going to say, um, Eloise looks after about 20 social media accounts for the Synod, and that includes the accounts for Alex Park, Raymond College, and Trinity College. Um, and we've got uh, Facebook, Instagram, Vimeo, YouTube, and a couple of others. And um, Eloise also sends out Uniting News on a Tuesday. So if you receive that, um, it's come from Eloise's hands. Um, but uh, you take it away, Eloise, and we can tag team and, and turn this into a big conversation with uh, questions and answers and uh, just ride the wave of this uh, this Zoom meeting. Thank you. Yep. Uh, well, can I add photos in this? You can uh, share your screen. Share screen. Okay. Oh, no, it's disabled. I'll just have to say it. Um, so in terms of what social media is most popular in Australia at the moment, the most recent stats for, from this year are saying that Facebook and YouTube are the most popular. Um, YouTube's jumped up from last year to now be about tied with Facebook, probably because everyone's now doing online videos. <laughs> And then after that would be Facebook Messenger, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp's number five, Twitter. And then it goes ones like uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter and TikTok and those little ones are down in the lower percentage of usage. Um, I guess what would be good to do is do a bit of an overview of each of the main social medias at the moment. Um, so when you're choosing a social media for your church, um, you would choose one that's going to be where the audience you want to reach is. Um, and I guess it's about uh, choosing how much resources and time you have to invest into this area. So you choose, say, if you've only got a little bit of time, you just choose one out of these platforms to focus on. The most popular of which is Facebook for our churches at the moment due to it being such, uh, the audience being so diverse in age and gender. Um, so... Let's start with Facebook. Um, you've got both personal profiles and brand pages. So for a church, you want to make sure it's a brand page, not a, a profile, because it has all these extra insights and settings on there that you can use. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Eloise, maybe if anybody has any questions that they want to ask Eloise, 
maybe if you open your chat line and just pop those questions okay. in the chat line uh, and then Eloise, if, if something comes up in the chat line, if you want me to just interrupt you and, and ask you that question, if that's, is that okay? Is that a good way to work? Yes, that's fine. Yeah, great. Yes, because I heard some language that you just used <laughs> in that short little introduction that um, the brand page, that's right. And how do I set up a brand page? And then is it possible to merge a personal profile into that brand page? Um, yes, I believe it is possible to, if you do have it as a personal profile already, to merge it into a brand page. Um, if that's what you've currently got, it's probably best to email the Synod office directly so I can step you through those steps. So if you just email communications at ucaqld.com.au, um, just because it's a bit of a process. Cool. Yep. More questions coming up. Communication. Yes. Oh, yes. I'll, put, I'll put that email in the chat for everyone. I've, I've just put it in for you. Oh, uh, thank you. Yep. And .au? Is it .au? Yep, .com.au. Yep, done. <coughs> yep. Okay. Sorry, can I just ask people to mute themselves? Uh, somebody had a beautiful clock going in the background. It was very difficult. So if everybody could mute themselves except for Eloise and me as the host, then we can um, not have any interruptions. Thanks. Thank you. And Phil, you can stay on too. Um, so we've got a question here about, is there a standard release form for posting on Facebook? Um, I'm assuming they're meaning like, well, we at the Synod office call a talent release form where you're getting permission for photos of people being on there. Uh, we do have a form like that that we can share with people if they are interested. Uh, yeah. Phil, is there any way that we've got that on the website currently? Well, so I can... It's I've, a generic... Yeah, I'll track, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Bob. So I've got the image release form just here. I'll put it in the files on the side. So that's the Synod image release form. Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, I think we've got it saved as talent release form. I'd have to have a look at the document you're posting up to check. Okay. 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 Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. Can I ask Eloise to explain a little bit more about the circumstances or situations where you might want to use that form? Yeah. Um, so whenever you're posting an image of someone, you'd want to use this form or at least get verbal permission from them that they're okay with their image going up on social media. Um, you would want to expressly say to them that it's going on social media or if you're planning on the website or anything like that, just let them know um, that it's going to go up there. Mm. Yeah. That's, um, some people don't particularly like their photos going up on Facebook and sometimes they're just generally in the background of a photo and, you know, and particularly for families that have domestic issues, um, 
you know, to have photos and for people to know where people are, you know, is, is not, is not safe for them. So is that, they're the sorts of reasons why we do that. Is that right, Eloise? Yes, that's correct. Mm. Yep. Mm. And it's, um, and for any minors who are in uh, images or videos, um, their guardian or parent will sign the talent release form. Yeah. So it's something that we don't often think about. It's, it's behind the scenes sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, do we need this form signed or yes, verbal consent uh, as yeah. Um, Mark Wells asked, can you give an example of a brand page? Can I, shall I share my screen, my brand page? Yeah, oh, so okay. you, you keep talking and I'll, I'll find my page and share that. Okay. Um, so Andy Griggs has asked, is it possible to change a Facebook group to a Facebook page without losing audience members? Um, don't think that's possible. I've never tried that. I know you can change profiles to pages. Uh, what I would recommend in that instance is creating a new Facebook page and then linking that group to the Facebook page instead. Right. Yes. So, so by doing that, you would make the page an actual admin on the group. Okay. So can you explain the difference between a page and a group? Yep. Um, so a page is something where um, everything on it is public to everyone and you've got the news feed going through it. Whereas with a group, members have to specifically join it to see the posts within it. And these groups can be either private or public, depending on what these settings have been put as. Um, and when people post in these groups, if they are, if you are a member and someone posts, you will get a little notification saying that someone has posted in there. Yeah. So groups tend to be used for, say, um, you may have one that's for the youth group of the church, or you may have one that's for uh, family and kids ministry on there. Or you may have one that's just for your worship team that wants to communicate on there about what songs they're going to choose this week. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can't keep my chat line open to see what's happening. Hang on. More chat. I think we've all lost the chats. Oh, have you? Because I went into my shared screen. <laughs> yes. Oh. Sorry about that, but That's you can see from, I'll just show you from my page. So this is the page that I've set up, just a page from my, so this is my profile page, my family page that goes out to my friends. And then from there, I've set up a, um, a few pages and down here, you'll see the pages, manage my pages. Um, so you can see that I've got a few pages here, my book club, uh, Uniting Women, they're all the ones that are connected to me. Um, and so I've just created a page as the Presbytery Minister of the Downs. So everything I post on that page only goes to um, people who have liked that page. And, and do they, they don't get stuff from my 
personal page. Yes, so they don't see anything on your personal page. Yes. But the stuff that's on your page goes to more than just the people who have liked the page. So if someone oh, likes, yeah, so it can actually reach out to more people that may be interested in the page or friends of people that have liked the page or content on the page. Right, right. Okay, that's interesting to know. Uh, and then there's groups. So these are the, my computers. So these are all the, the groups that I belong in, but this is the Downs group. So this, these are the people that want to know what's happening in the presbytery of the Downs. So, um, so yeah, all those things get posted there from particular ministers. Or in my case, so Andy's posted our event for today in there and all our online services. Um, and in that in that case, in all, I actually post on this page as the Presbytery of the Downs PM, not as Yvonne McGrosty. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop sharing so I can see what's happening. See, people can add into the chat. So there's some. Uh, so sometimes it is about um, having someone with you looking at actual Facebook, isn't it, Eloise, and helping you? Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. So what have we got? Any, do you have ideas of the sort of content we can post in the absence of our usual events, e.g. what is the optimum amount of posts per week? From Megan. Um, so the type of content that I'd recommend posting on social media at the moment is um, posts about your upcoming service or posts that have the video of the service that's going on. You can also do uh, little graphic quotes from people quotes from the Bible, quotes that were from the sermon, bringing people back to what they learnt on the weekend. Hmm. You can share that's content that's come from the Synod um, social media pages, mm -hmm. um, which includes um, <coughs> content um, that's come from the moderator, etc. Um, and Alois, in our breakout group, we had a query about using uh, Canva and other type um, products to develop these images and and what they are and how to use them and are they safe? Um, so Camper is one of the products that I use, which is a free app or it can be on your website on online as well, where it has all these free copyright free images in it. That you can use as a background or all these uh, shapes or stickers in it where you can create these little graphic posts with text on it. Um, so those are all really easy to use. You don't need Photoshop skills. It's very simple. Most people use that nowadays. Um, what was the other thing about it, Phil? Um, just the, um, the people in my group, sorry, I can't remember the other program that was mentioned, um, but someone mentioned another program other than 
in Canberra. And I just, if someone could just uh, mention what that was. So how do you spell Canberra? So it is C-A-N-B-A. Yep. Canberra. Okay. I'll put it in the chat line. Canberra is excellent, Megan says. Yes. So, Yes, and it's really important that you know, again, going back to the copyright uh, um, copyright thing we did two weeks ago, it's important that you know that you've got permission to use and royalty-free images uh, are able to be used. Yep. yep. Um, Eloise, the other, the other query was about uh, Pixabay. Oh, Pixabay. Uh, what about Pixabay? That one's got all free copyright images on it. Is it similar to Canva? It's like same, same, but different, or it's got a slightly different um, purpose? Uh, Pixabay, I don't think they've got a section on there for creating graphics. I thought it was just, unless they've upgraded since I've been on there last, um, it was just where you can download all these free stock images from. Sure. Right. Are they handy? Pixabay, Pixabay. Sorry, Pixabay is like, um, is like um, Unsplash. So it's just images, oh. whereas Canva is graphic designing type. So is yes. it Unsplash, not Upsplash? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Unsplash. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, I frequently use Unsplash on my phone, then use my photo editing function to add graphics, yes, and then put it on the Facebook page. That's that's mm -hmm. a good way of using it. Yeah. 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 So, you know these posts that often come up, tell me, tell me um, how annoying is it when you get a post that says, uh, pass this on to three friends or you're going to go to hell or whatever that says, you know, or you, you're not my, you know, I would probably be suggesting that we don't use, uh, that's just my personal opinion. I don't particularly like getting those ones, but I don't know what's your opinion on that, Eloise, you know, that sharing on things like that. Um. <laughs> Posts like that, I think most people would agree, are quite annoying. They tend to not like being tagged in them and being forced to share these posts in case they get bad luck or anything. Um, personally, when I get them, they tend to be they're the sort of posts that get sent between personal profiles, not pages. Uh, so when I get those, I tend to untag myself in them so that they're not showing up on my personal news feed. Um, I guess it's just up to personal preference though if you are someone that likes to share those on. So tell me about the security risk. Are those mm. posts sometimes connected to um, malware or, or some sort of, I've heard that they're sort of connected somehow. Sometimes they're connected to people getting into your hacking into your computer? Um, I'm not sure about social media ones like that. I would need an example for that. I know when right. they used to be sent through emails, they used to be similar chain emails going through like that, that used to have malware in them. Right. And what sorts of security issues should we be thinking about when we're on Facebook? That 
that's an interesting question because sometimes people can hack into your Facebook account. Yes, so with Facebook personal profiles, um, those ones you tend to not want to put too much information on it because even if you've got it, say, set up to only friends can see that personal information, if one of your friends' accounts gets hacked, the hacker can then take your personal information because you're friends with the person that was hacked. So um, in terms of personal information that you put up there, it's good to remove your date of birth, <coughs> just have it so it's like your name and that's about it. Um, I mean, it's, it's good to... Um just try and keep your personal Facebook profile and all social media locked down just to your closed network. Because I mean, um, people will say happy birthday to you on your birthday. So people now know your birthday. Um, you buy a new house and post the link of realestate.com. People know your address. Um, you know, and you start piecing these things together. It's easy enough to work out where someone works and, you know, um, sometimes your LinkedIn profile will have your email and your phone number. So very quickly, suddenly someone can start impersonating you um, for the easier opportunity. So it's just important to try and remember how these things could piecemeal together. Um, and, and personally on social media, I never, I never put in my birth date on those profiles or um, I never fill out all those optional areas about my personal details. Yeah. Thanks for that, Phil. That's, um, an important note and I guess on on church pages the same issue is that you wouldn't be saying happy birthday um, you know happy 60th birthday to people and yeah mm -hmm. for the for the same security reasons of people being able to find information out that might not be wanting to be shared by that person yeah that's right I mean even if you had a um, a member who you know, had an illness at the time and, you know, um, you wouldn't use, you wouldn't use social media to say, you know, thinking of person X as they experience Y because, you know, you've, you've shared their privacy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the beginning. So Mark Wells has asked the question about training online. Uh, what would be one way to do this? You keep your, your content more about event. Oh, sorry. Phil's. Oh, that's good. Sorry, right, right. Uh, uh, Marg Wells has asked about training online. What would be one way to do this apart from Zoom? How would you use social media to do some training online? Facebook Live? Yeah, Facebook Live or groups. It kind of depends on what sort of training you're doing. Um, mm. Can we have an example, Marg? Marg Wells? of what you're sort of meaning. You can, un or you're unmuted, Marg. Oh, okay. Well, um, I was looking at Project Plenty and one of the things is a lot of online training. We get so busy, we don't seem to have time to do the training for working with children, um, apart from the compliance issues where we can all, we all do that, or even discipleship, what sort of training could you have that we could um, tack into and use on discipleship? Um, even even on working 
within our, our synod, how we collaborate. I, I could just see so many areas where information and training would be invaluable. Yep, yep. I think we're discovering that uh, in this lockdown time, and I know that Trinity College uh, Queensland uh, is, is putting a lot more effort into their online presence and doing a lot of online um, online training in that sense. Uh, is, that, is that what you're seeing, Phil and Eloise? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember. I think Trinity are using Zoom as opposed to Microsoft Teams, but um, either way, these types of platforms, they're um, running their lectures uh, live online, academics and students. They're actually experiencing 95% participation rate from students. They're also recording that uh, lecture and all those lectures and they're available after the fact. And Monday night just gone, um, my team worked with Trinity to put together their first uh, online um, open evening um, for prospective students down the track. And so um, much like the recent Powderfinger concert on YouTube, we had some, some aspects recorded ahead of time and edited and they were um, interspliced with a live event. And so Paul Jones was hosting, um, introducing academics, and then we would play the pre-recorded components um, just to make it a bit neater and tighter for that event. Was that through Zoom, was it? Yes, Zoom. Right, right. Uh, in regard to, so this is from Tim Griggs, uh, in regard to how much and when, the way we manage our Facebook group and page, uh, there are specific times that uh, have high, highest impacts, morning, lunch, evening. Uh, I find constant, uh, consistent, but not overwhelming numbers of posts is better, um, considering who your target group help would yeah. That's great, Tim, thank you for that. Uh, Mercer Road, sorry, Deb from Mercer Road. Uh, we've found Zoom easiest for people to access. But there are some security, is there some security risks that the Synod has highlighted about Zoom? Phil, yeah? Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, a couple of months ago, I think, it, I think it hit the press globally that um, Zoom may have had some security risks or security flaws. Um, but I, I would have suspect they would have addressed those in the following 24 hours, and it's just become a... Um, a bit of a um, an unnecessary worry at this point. I wouldn't be worried about Zoom or any of the official channels. You know, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Skype, etc. Um, I uh, I have confidence in using any of those. Yeah. Um, uh, the the point I think that Zoom was is that if you leave Zoom open, I think they they're sort of saying to make sure that you close down Zoom properly from your computer to just to be totally sure yeah definitely I mean after any I mean we're on for example I'm a Microsoft <coughs> team frequently throughout the day um, and you know I, I, I put a sticker over my camera window every time I'm not in a meeting um, I make sure the the um, programs are shut down properly you know I don't, don't the kids come in the office pressing a button suddenly they've called someone um, you know all these sorts of things <laughs> Um, it's yeah. just good. I think it's just good. Um, a good protocol. Routine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, to have some sort of, uh, you know, 
process that you go through when you're using these programs so that you're kept safe. Um, Leanne, uh, sorry, Mercer, Leanne, suggested frequency then, a daily post of mixed context unless something urgent crops up, suggested context to which uh, would be suitable for a local, yeah, so whatever you might do in a local newspaper maybe, yeah, that's probably, except of course you have more access to Facebook than you do to your local paper, yeah. And the other, I guess, another thing is um, to make sure that the Synod knows about what exciting things are happening around your area so that it can be shared to the Synod page. Do you do you keep an eye on what's happening around the Synod, Eloise? Um, yes, I follow a number of pages through, I don't know if everyone's heard of it, but it's called Hootsuite, which is a platform that I use to schedule posts and I can also monitor what's going on in that. So I follow quite a few churches through that, but I don't have enough space to follow everyone. So it's always good when people have good news stories going on to let us know about them. Is that Hoot, H-O-O-T? Uh, so Hoot Suite is H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E. Hoot Suite. It's in there. It's in there. Yes. Tell us. Yes. Can you tell us more about Hoot Suite? Um, so is there a cost, um, Bill? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I'd say uh, Hootsuite would be overkill at a congregational level, but um, yes, it's a subscription product. Um, I, it, my credit card takes a, a hit every month. Um, our current package lets us manage up to 20 social media pages. And so Alois uses Hootsuite to manage multiple Facebook, um, Instagram, social media accounts for not only the Synod, but the, um, the enterprise businesses. And it allows... Oh, oh Phil's, Phil's frozen. frozen. Phil, <laughs> Phil's frozen. Sorry, <laughs> Phil. He doesn't live in the best part of Brisbane where you get good internet by the sound. Allows um, content to oh, be... Oh, he's back. Did I, cut out, did I cut out then completely? You yes, certainly did. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, so we got up to, uh, yeah, what it allows you to do. Um, yeah, so... Oh, he's frozen again. He's gone. He's gone. So let's, let's move on to Margaret. Margaret asked, uh, we have a group page for our congregation members. How do we... I mean, I always use it to manage 20 oh. social media Sorry. You keep cutting out, Phil, and you keep coming in at the wrong time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Uh, we just moved on to the next question. Uh, we have a, face, a group page for the congregation members. How do we set up a question for people who want to join the group to filter random people who want to join the group and redirect them to our public page? That's a good question. Oh, that is a good question. Um, just before we move on to that, Hootsuite, I yep. do believe, has a free basic package you can use as well. Okay, so you can have a bit of an explore. Yes. Yep, yep, that's great. Um, setting it up, I feel like I, this would be best if I shared my screen. This, oh. Yep. Um, 
I've just had a blank. What was the question again? <laughs> uh, how have um, we have a face a group page yeah. for congregation members? Mm -hmm. How do we set up a question for people who want to mm -hmm. join the page to filter random people who want to join the page and redirect them to our public page? Oh, right. Okay. Do you uh, want to talk more um, about that question, Margaret? Yeah. In in my role um, over at Blue Care uh, Advertising Grief and Loss Program, I have joined a number of community uh, notice board pages for different areas, and often they ask, "Why do you want to be on our page?" Um, some of them have even asked things that you would only know if you lived in that community, um, or or you would have to research. So you know they make sure that you really want to be on there. Um, you know, so just setting up a question, what is your connection to to our church? Um, you know, you might be oh. better on the public page, liking the public page or something like that. Okay, yep. I'll just share my screen. So, within a group to set up those questions, uh, you'd go to this section on the left and where is it? You would go to moderate group. Uh, oh, sorry. No, must be. Here we go. Sorry. Under more, sorry. You would then go to edit group settings. Where is it again? Here we go. So under settings, it's got membership, oh, membership requests here. So if you click on ah. ask questions, you can then add a question here, like we have done, what uniting church congregation do you belong to? Oh, that's very fascinating. Type it in. It can be a multiple choice one, check boxes or a written answer. Wow, I've learned something. That's fantastic. So that's under edit. Yeah, so under this more box with the three ellipse dots there. Yeah. It's edit group. Edit group settings. I think we just need to have a whole session on how to use Facebook. <laughs> it sounds, yeah, let me just find the chat, chat line. Um, so we've got, that was great, thanks. Tell us more about Hootsuite. Uh, did it work well for the presbytery settings Hootsuite? For a presbytery, does it work well? Andy wants to know. Uh, well, we could have a little try, Andy, and see with the free stuff. Yeah, so Hootsuite's good if you've got multiple channels that you've got to look after. And it can work oh. for both, both Facebook groups and Facebook pages, so it could work well. So Jenny is saying that they use Smarter queue for scheduling their posts. So do people know about scheduling posts? Um, so you can actually set a time when a post will go on to your Facebook page. Yep. So you can um, schedule through both Facebook or if you've got multiple channels, you may want to use Hootsuite or this Smarter queue. Um, there's lots of channels like that. So you could say schedule one post onto multiple platforms at the same time. So it reduces your workload. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what I'm, I'm gathering is that there's a lot of questions about Facebook as the main social media platform that people are using within this group of people. Is, is that what I'm, um, I'm figuring out, that um, people are mainly interested in Facebook? One of the questions that came up in the groups was, how do you connect your Facebook to your uh, website or direct people to your website? Is that, that was the question that I remember coming out from the breakout groups. It's similar to what we do in Uniting News, as an example. You know, there, there might be a longer piece written by the moderator, but we'll just put a, a little snippet in Uniting News and a link to the website to read the full article. So we've got someone to visit our website. Um, we might have small pieces of information, small carrots, you know, the headline of upcoming events, um, but you click on them to get to our events calendar which drives traffic to the website. And anytime we're producing anything, whether it's, um, um, you know, campaign emails for the enterprise businesses or whether it's Uniting News, um, we always use these different communications going outbound as an opportunity to, you know, include our social media icons, which can be live linked. Um, we also, you know, encourage people to subscribe and share with a friend, for example. Um, but Eloise, what would you add, um, with respect to using Facebook to driving traffic to a website? I think you've covered it well, Phil. Right. Uh, we've got the question about hashtags. Can you please explain the hashtag? Um, hashtags, uh, became popular through Instagram really, which is the main channel they're used on, but you can still use them on Facebook. Um, with hashtags, the benefit is that someone may be exploring a topic through a hashtag. So if you click on a hashtag, it will take you to other posts that have also used that hashtag. Um, so it's about, getting a bigger reach for your posts. Um, with Facebook, when you're using hashtags, you would only tend to use like one to three, five on Facebook. Whereas if you're on Instagram, you use a larger number, say 10, 20, um, to get a bigger reach. So you're saying you just put hashtag I'm great or something and see how many other people have hashtagged I'm great when you press on that. Is yes, that, that's is that, right. Um, if yeah. you want to see uh, how many people have used that hashtag prior to your post, say on Instagram, you can use the search function and type in the hashtag and it'll say this post, this hashtag has uh, 10,000 posts that have used it already. So you know, okay, this hashtag is either popular or not popular. Yeah. I mean, you, might, you might be watching an episode of The Voice on Channel 9 or you might be, there might be a live event taking place and they'll promote and share the hashtag for that event. And so they're basically trying to create a community. Um, wow. So everyone's using that hashtag and all conversations regarding that topic are now linked together by that shared hashtag. Does Project Plenty have a hashtag? Yeah, so... Uh, it doesn't tend to have a hashtag apart from like sometimes we do do uh, project plenty as the hashtag or we are plentiful though. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Or uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. about to kick up more of the project plenty. 
first, so I can't remember what it was. I've taken a break from it. Um, right. With the hashtags for your church, you'd want to use like a unique hashtag that's just for your church so everyone can drive the conversation for your church around that hashtag. Right. So you choose a hashtag and then you advertise it to your people and say, make sure you put that hashtag at the bottom so we're all, it's all connected. Yeah, that's right. Right, right. And what's the difference between a hashtag and an at sign? Okay, so the at sign is actually tagging a person or a page in your post. Um, and that tag is a link to their page or profile and alerts them to know that they've been tagged in your post so that they can like it or share it themselves. Right. So, for example, Yvonne, um, let's say at the Synod office, Eloise wrote a post on Facebook um, congratulating your presbytery um, having an anniversary. Instead of your presbytery name just being normal unlinked text, because you've got a proper page, if we use the, the um, at, at, it would actually be the link. So, right. yeah. Oh, thanks. That's handy to know. Uh, we've got... Uh, if we want to overhaul our website and we uh, and better linkage between Facebook and our website, do we have? Uh, do you have a web designer you could recommend? Or does the yes, the Synod does the Synod offer that service? Yeah, so um, we are able to offer web assistance and social media assistance um, in in my team. Um, so anyone who needs assistance, please make contact. Um, and we'll see what you're trying to achieve and, and what you want to get to. Um, social media wise, we can, um, you know, provide some tips and guidance or if people have a social media page, but just don't have the time to give it some TLC, um, we can certainly um, help partner on that page and help give it some, some TLC. Um, and we can also um, help elevate a website um, so we just, yeah, just need to start having those conversations and work together. Thanks, Phil. Uh, yes, uh, if you type in a website address, it will automatically become a link. That's correct. Is that correct? Yes, on Facebook and Twitter, those sort of ones. Even Instagram will still become a link. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. Um, so are there other questions that you wrote down, Eloise, that, that, um, that people asked at the beginning? And if anybody else has a question that hasn't been answered, how are people feeling about social media? You can unmute yourself and tell us. A little bit more informed. Thank you very much. Would it be helpful, uh, I'm wondering, would it be helpful if people wanted to connect with a, another person and do a one-on-one -on -one type run through, like share the screen like you've done, Eloise, and I've shared my screen. It, it might be helpful if people want to be connected with someone who can run through their... Um, Facebook with them a bit more personably rather than in this big group. Um, if people are 
have the skills to be able to help another person do that, if they could put their um, details in the chat line and, and if people want help uh, via this sort of format, um, we can connect those people with one another. And, and that's what we're learning in this sort of world that you know we don't have to be in the same room to be able to help one another um, work out. And I do this with my mum in South Australia all the time. I'm I'm, you know, sharing her computer with me so that um, she can find something that she filed somewhere in a in a place somewhere that she doesn't know. Um, so it does get frustrating, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm learning to be patient. <laughs> so if people want to be connected with another person, maybe someone who who can, you know, help you, uh, just pop those your details in the chat line or email me at. Um, I'll put my email address. PM at boundspresbytree.org.au uh, and I'm sure that Phil and Eloise would be happy to link you with someone that could help if you have some, you know, some interns or some uh, young adults who want to disciple um, <laughs> people into the Facebook world. One of the big questions that was asked on notice was about how do we use social media to actually engage people in discipleship. Um, that was a massive, uh, I know I emailed that question to Phil and Eloise that came from um, around the Synod. And Phil, you were saying that that is a big conversation that's, that's uh, starting up, starting to happen around the place. How do we actually, you know, connect with people and grow them in Christ? Yeah, the moderators um, recently reached out to strategic mission staff and other staff um, to try and, yeah, have that. That's a big conversation, you know, how we um, represent ourselves online and represent who we are and, um, you know, how we um, uh, offer in-person engagement and now um, ramp up online engagement. Um, so that's, that's a big topic I won't try and um, bite into right now. Um, no. But I think, um, I mean, you've got to, I sort of break social media down to two broad categories. You're, I look at social media, let's say you've got a Facebook page, um, treat it like a newborn baby. You've got this newborn baby, it needs daily care and attention and love um, to, to flourish. And so there's one aspect of producing content or sharing content and, and being active, um, but also uh, simultaneously growing an audience so that all the hard work you're putting into um, sharing is being um, viewed and seen by more and more people on a growing basis. Um, and so sometimes growing your audience is the first priority before necessarily um, achieving your ultimate goal of um, engaging on particular topics. And sometimes that might be, um, you know, bringing people in through community events or musical opportunities or sharing some fun stuff or um, even reminiscing. Um, often you'll see um, uh, references to Throwback Thursdays, where typically on Thursdays, people will look back on something that happened a year ago or wasn't this a great event or um, sharing smiling faces. So, you know, you sort of got those equal responsibilities of growing an audience and producing content. And the two have a close relationship because um, the more authentic content and the more fun people are having on your social media um, that will, 
lead a natural tendency for them to return and, and want to follow and engage and always be open-ended in, in your content. So don't just post something, which is sort of, I'm telling you something and now that's it, you know, ask people a question, you know, what are your thoughts? What would you do? What would you do in this situation? Tell us the time that this happened to you and, you know, really encourage people to start those conversations. And it's actually the community that will help build your audience because people will really benefit more from each other than yourself. Um, and like anything, it's just piece by piece, day by day. Um, you know, you commit, you commit to content generation um, and, you know, that, that audience will slowly grow over time and then that community will be built. Um, and then you can use the insights of your Facebook page to try and give you some tips too about, which types of people are looking at your content when, and you can use those insights to try and influence, you know, where you spend your time. So those statistics, they're all part of, you can, you get a weekly data, you know, statistics of who's been viewing your page. They come up on your page. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, Louise, where's that found? It, I don't think it shows, it doesn't show you individuals, right? It's just, um, demographical stats, yeah? Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, so that's yeah. found, uh, it's just called, in. so on Facebook, it's just called Insights, and you can see it at the top of your page. Uh, mm. So like, mine shows up next to the notification button. Right, right, yeah. Um, so that's very helpful, Phil. Thanks. That's really uh, helpful, um, a way of actually engaging, uh, getting an audience together. Um, we've got a few other little questions. Can you, can we please put, can, could we have a session on how to use and interpret Facebook insights, please? That's mm -hmm. from Mertha Road. Can, um, that might be an interesting little offshoot from this group. So maybe, um, Deb, you might want to get in touch with Eloise and the communications people and they could, um, I mean, it's easy to just do a Zoom for people that want to join in. Um, can you point us to a local, face, local church Facebook page that is one to learn from? What's a good, what are some good pages around the Synod? Do you, do you have a shining example, Eloise? I think mine's pretty damn good. While so you're it, thinking, <laughs> is it the UCAQLD one? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, one thing that I was just thinking about was monitoring comments. Um, sometimes you don't want to start a fight on Facebook, and you certainly don't want certain comments. Um, uh, posted and picked up by the ABC or anything like that. So I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how to how to monitor what goes on your Facebook page. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we're alerted to content that just instantly draws um, red flags or attention. We do we do delete we hide comments we. We, we don't hesitate to hide comments or block people when they cross the line. We're just straight into it. We don't waste time thinking about it. Um, I don't know how many people are on our block list, but um, if they've just um, 
completely coming with all guns blazing and just used language and said completely um, disgusting things. They instantly blocked and then that problem solved. Um, sometimes, Eloise, what's an example when we'd hide a comment but not block someone or um, some of the things you can remember from recent time? I can't think of an example right now. Um, but that's but there is a way of monitoring comments though. If there there's you know people can't just post without um, an administrator or someone. Yeah. Um, so anyone that's an admin or an editor of the page or one of those sort of roles on the Facebook page, yeah, um, yeah. they'll get a notification that yeah. someone has commented. <laughs> but you don't want to stop people from commenting, but I guess those, those admin people need to be aware that they can take down posts that aren't helpful. Yep. Yeah, there's, I don't, Eloise, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no way to workflow comments. People are free to comment and that will, that comment will instantly go live for everyone to see. Um, and, and debate's okay and healthy debate's okay and conflicting views is okay. Um, it's, it's commonplace in, in, uh, in our church. Um, but yeah, obviously it's, it's just using common sense when there's, you know, absolute lines that have been crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so can I talk to Philip about that? We, yeah. we did that. We did have that experience in Warwick quite a while ago where someone started a conversation and then one of the comments just stopped. It was so black and white. It just stopped all conversation. Um, so I guess we moved on without doing anything and hoped it wouldn't happen again. But we could have blocked that one person. Yeah, you can block you can block a person. Um, they can set up another profile and rejoin if they if they wanted to. Um, they could that and that they could start up another profile of someone else, and you wouldn't know who it was, for example. But um, sometimes um, I think some of the more crazy comments were blocked off uh, the synod page They're from people who just had an opportunity to take a shot, and they did, and. Um, probably, probably not someone who was a serial offender. So we, we haven't heard back from them, for example, but, um, um, in congregational pages, there's probably a reasonable chance you have a better chance of knowing who individuals are personally or, or through someone. And so, um, I don't know, you might, you might even want to have a conversation with someone because, you know, it might be a case of, you really don't want to exclude someone because you know who they are and that they are a part of your congregation, your community, but you just want to have a conversation about, um, you know, uh, what's acceptable and what's not. Um, Eloise, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the about section of, of each page, there's an opportunity to lay down the rules of that page and yeah. what behavior is tolerated and what isn't. Um, hmm. And often people will say, look, we're here to have a good time, learn from each other, um, develop community and, and we have a spirit you know, please post and participate in that spirit. You know, it's, it's not about being right to the nth degree and, you know, writing essays. I mean, that's not the, people aren't there for that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and it is, yeah. It is a good opportunity in smaller congregations that when you see something posted that is a red flag, 
for someone to actually phone them or or talk to them or go and see them to say, I, I just noticed that you wrote something on Facebook that, that are you okay? Are you okay? And and to, to sort of offer some pastoral care because uh, you, you don't know what's behind, you know, it's really easy to post something on Facebook and think you've got it out there and and sometimes people are actually posting because they need some some interaction or some contact with people. So I guess that's that's another side of social media is don't just I find if someone that I know is posting something that's out of the ordinary, uh, I know I have to follow up on them in person or on the phone and say, "Are you okay? I I'm not sure what you really meant." Yeah. yeah, because people will typically have more confidence behind a keyboard um, and, yeah. and may they or share things that they just wouldn't do in person. Um, and I always like the saying, when, when people are laughing, they're listening. So if you can have content and opportunities throughout your engagement in social media to give, give people a laugh and, you know, find some amusement, um, it's a really good way of, um, you know, creating an audience as well. Yeah, breaking down a few barriers. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think we're coming up to the 11 o'clock mark. I can't believe it, we've, we've come to that. So Jenny, uh, so maybe if you do have an example of a really good Facebook page that you find uh, you might wanna post, you know, you might wanna do something on the UCA page and say, here's, a, here's an example of a great Facebook page or something, I don't know, give them a bit of a hype up. Uh, I have found that the website Pro Church tool is a great resource for doing online, yes, uh, online for churches. Um, are there rules about sharing other people's posts re copyright or are they fair game once a post is out there? We did we did talk briefly about this in the copyright thing, but can you remind us? We we, we take the view that look, um, it's generally fair game once a post is out there. Just make sure you share it as opposed to sort of copying and pasting or downloading it and reposting it because then effectively you've sort of taken some ownership. The law. Um, if anyone has issues out there with a post on copyright or privacy or anything else, they'll typically typically go after the originator of that content. And once that, that original poster. Oh, he's frozen again. <laughs> it was in the middle of saying something really good. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. We'll wait for Phil to has, come back. Has taken it down. Oh, has no. Been told to take Sorry, it. Phil. Back. I'm yeah, good. you're back, but we missed it. We yeah, missed so just it. Um, if, uh, if a copyright holder's got issues with someone who's posted something, they'll typically, typically just go after the original post. So, Once an original post has been taken down, all subsequent shares are severed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but I mean, it's not a complete license. Obviously, if someone posts something and it's you already know off, off the bat, this is going to be a terrible idea to share it. Don't share it. <laughs> yes, and, and one of the um, the code of ethics things that we talk about as ministry agents is um, don't post on Facebook that you wouldn't say in the pulpit. Mm. So um, because you, you know, that's just because you're in a public space and you want to express publicly what you want to role model to your congregation. So I guess that's, something that I've, I've taken to in both my personal and, you know, I try really hard to monitor who 
sees my privates and you know um, and and who I befriend on my private uh, Facebook page as well as opposed to my uh, presbytery page not because I don't want to hide things but because you know it's a different it's a different network of people so I guess when you've got administrators for your Facebook page you want them to have some guidelines from your church council about you know what do we want to express what values do we want um, people to know about our church uh, from this site so that we can build an audience um, yeah from that sense well, this has um, been great. Thank you so much, Eloise and Phil, for coming along and sharing again. Phil, this is your second time uh, with us. Um, if anybody has any, oh, uh, did we answer Phil Smith's question? No, Andy, we did not answer Phil Smith's question, which was a massive question about, um, oh, that was, I thought that was the big question about how do we disciple people? But I think, Andy, can you remind me about Phil's question? Yes, it is. If we must be online, and I oh. think it's talking from a ministry sense, so ministry yep. agents, if we must be online and most of the skill base is with minors, have yep. we moved beyond the taboo of worship leaders and ministers contacting minors via social media. Yeah. Eloise and I were talking about this question yesterday. We're going to refer it to um, our safe ministry colleagues because we'd say yeah. whatever the normal rules are, like whatever your rules are or protocols are for contacting minors verbally over the phone or in person, same would apply on social media. So yeah. I'm just not sure what they are. Yeah, the safe ministry with children does address social media. Um, and how to have contact with people, via, uh, minors on social media. Yeah. Uh, uh, say to our open social media platform what you would say. Yes, on your church billboard. So see the social media uh, as your church billboard. Yeah. Yeah. Say to your close. Yes. What would you say? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Tim. That's a great way to finish up. And it is 11 o'clock, and I know that uh, we've uh finished for today if you have an issue on the online presence that you want to address thank you so much phil and uh eloise for being available to the whole church for giving us some insights if you want to go deeper into facebook or online social uh, media um contact the the contact for that was in um the chat line communications at ucaqld.com.au and um, and I tell you what these people in the synod are there to help us in congregation world and um, and they're very generous with their time so thank you so much for being available to us for the last hour and a half and thank you everyone for joining us and if you'd like to join us again we'll be on again in a fortnight's time a first it's every every second Thursday and we will advertise what topic we're going to talk about next time. But if you've got a topic that you'd like to um, talk about, let me know at pm at downspresbytery.org.au. Thanks everyone. God bless you and have a great rest of the day. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Okay.